Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Joshua Russell, Senior Manager of EHS at Howard Hughes Medical Institute, about his EHS journey and his new podcast, Illusion of Safety. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Joshua Russell, Senior Manager of EHS at the Howard Hughes Medical Institute. Welcome to the show, Josh. Hey, thanks for having me, Jay. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, And before we get started, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, so like you said, I'm the uh, senior manager for EHS for the Howard Hughes Medical Institute. Uh, I've been there for about ten and a half years, and um, yeah, like I tell people, I'm I'm Josh, and I like the safety. <laughs> um, so how did you uh, how did you first get involved in workplace safety? What was sort of the driving factor for that? So. Um, after I came out, I mean, even before I graduated high school, but after high school, I, I just worked all kinds of different jobs, landscaping and construction and restaurants and club security and all these different things. And then all of a sudden, I, uh, as I got a little bit into my 20, later in my 20s, I decided that I wanted to either work in science or in history for some reason. Um, and I had I didn't have a degree. I didn't even have any college credit, <laughs> credits under my belt. <laughs> Uh, so I started applying for all kinds of jobs and none of which I really should have gotten, but somehow I landed a job as a lab technician for a company in Rockville, Maryland. Um, and I was working in a DNA sequencing pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was there, I got there, I got in through a temp agency, then got hired on. I was there for a couple years, um, doing that. And then they were going to shut down our department and a buddy of mine worked in the safety department and as a, just a hazardous materials technician. Um, and he said, hey, man, I'm going to leave or I need to try to find a backfill for this position. You interested in it? And I said, hey, I need something. I don't even I didn't even know what that meant, but I needed a job. So I transitioned over into safety there, worked there for about a year. And I basically was just collecting lab waste, chemical, biological stuff like that, doing fire extinguisher inspections, just low level safety functions. Um, and then the guy that was the the um, maintenance manager for that organization left and went to a startup that was working on a malaria vaccine. And he called me one day and asked me if I was still doing safety. I said, sure. (laughs) I didn't really still know what that really meant. Um, But he brought me in for an interview. I got the job there and I was the safety officer for that organization for five years. And I really started to grow uh, in the profession while I was there learning a lot, started working on a a degree in occupational safety and health. and then after five years there, I got hired as an industrial hygienist consultant for the EPA um, in D.C. Again, I still didn't have a degree, so it was really interesting how these things kept falling into place. But um, I was there for three years as an IH. I did indoor air quality stuff, and I started to transition in there into doing some facilities design reviews and um, things like that, maintenance safety, construction safety. Uh, and then after three years of that, so I got then I got hired at the Howard Hughes Medical Institute and was brought in as a specialist to um, do construction contractor safety uh, and emergency management. Then the, the rest is kind of history. What sort of, uh, you know, what have you sort of learned, you know, since you first started in terms of, you know, what are the big takeaways in terms of, you know, sort of the job and the profession and, uh, you know, what you didn't know then and what you know now, you know, what, 15, 20 years later? You know, as I, the more and more people I meet in this industry, the more I realize that most of the folks in this profession have a strong desire to help others. 
right? And I think that's really what the primary focus of our job is to help others to um, not to police the workplace. A lot of people, you know, there, I think there's still too many people that approach it in that way. I think it's more so care about people and show that you care. And by doing so, you're helping them to work safely, to have safe work environments, um, to remove barriers so that they can push forward with their work um, and to support them. You know, I, I kind of try to think of myself as more of a concierge to help work get done um, instead of, you know, uh, police or things like that. But I, th I just think it's a phenomenal industry and it satisfies one of the needs that I have, which is to to try to help others. Um, how important is uh, is networking in EHS? I mean, I've you know seen you at conferences I and mean, we've talked and it's, you know, I see you're very active and kind of, you know, helping out other folks in the business. Uh, you know, you know, what do you sort of uh, take away from from, you know, sort of the networking aspect of the business? Yeah, a lot of safety professionals kind of work on an island. I, I hear that phrase a lot of times. Um, they work alone and really need those connections. At several of the jobs I had in the past, I was the only safety person. I have a very different situation now, and I feel quite blessed, but I know it's not the norm. Um, I had that same kind of situation. At, at one point, I made a decision. I wanted to put a lot of effort into networking, um, and it's been wonderful. Uh, it's led to so many great opportunities to um, giving talks and teaching classes and the uh, and podcasting. I've been on several, um, which was cool. I, I never imagined that I'd be able to do those kinds of things. But most of all, I mean, I've even had some real friendships that have come out of it. And I have a large amount of folks that I can lean on if there's something that I don't know. And I, I recognize that. I don't know everything. I, I try to surround myself with people that are you know, they say, you know, if you're a smart person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Um, <laughs> and, and I often will lean on people. Hey, have you had this kind of experience or are you familiar with this? Because things pop up that we're just not used to. And I, you know, I, I have a CSP. What does that mean? I, I learned enough to pass the test, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm being honest, I probably only remember 10% of the stuff I studied for that exam because I don't use it in my day to day, right? I, bacterial infections from working in agriculture. I don't remember what they are because I don't, I'm not around that stuff. But when these things pop up and having a strong network, it's really helpful because it's just as simple as, hey, is anybody familiar with this? And then somebody inevitably is going to be like, oh, yeah, I can help you out there. And it's I think it's great. Um, so tell me about uh, your new podcast, uh, Illusion of Safety. How did that get started and uh, and what are you trying to do with it? Yeah, so that leads me back to the discussion about the, the networking, right? So uh, during the pandemic 2020, um, I started, you know, I was doing, I was doing a lot of networking then on LinkedIn. I was being really active, just trying to create connections because not only was, you know, did I want to have connections in the safety field, but I was working from home and, you know, everybody thought there were like zombies walking around the streets and were scared to go outside for a while. Um, so I started joining like some, you know, virtual conferences and stuff like that. Um, I watched LinkedIn live, uh, discussions about safety. Then I got to be on one. Um, and on one of those, I got to meet Gabe and Karnashan, and we just started talking a little bit um, at one of the virtual conferences. I met Allison Short, um, and then, you know, we've just talked off and on, ran into each other. We're at conferences together, um, and then we started just talking about this idea, like, hey, uh, you know, should we do something? And Allison was the one that actually brought it and was like, you know, I'd love to do something and have you guys in this uh, initiative with me, and we started planning. Um, I think the first thing that we talked about was let's get let's define what our mission is. We want to know what our why is. Why are we doing 
um, what we're doing and our, our mission is pretty simple. It's just we, we aim to create a global collective of professionals dedicated to bringing passion, community and fun to the safety industry. I think a lot of people forget that safety can be fun or have never realized it. Um, some people have become jaded or, you know, they work alone and they're, they don't have that connection where they, um, can learn from others and, and, uh, you know, have that, have those connections. So that's really what it is. And the podcast, we our aim is to feature guests, to do shout outs for people, to help champion people, raise others up, uh, and, you know, just bring, bring people together. And, um, how many episodes have you guys done? Uh, so mm, this coming Monday, which, uh, what is like the 10, uh, the ninth, sorry, October, yeah, October 9, um, that'll be our sixth episode, I think fifth or sixth. Our first one was really a teaser. It was just a a very short one. Um, but so then after that, we, this will be the fourth or fifth full length. Um, and so basically it's every other week. That's correct. Every other Monday. Uh, and, and sort of, you know, how are you choosing topics? And, you know, sort of, uh, I see, you know, you've had Sabina Colligan on who have definitely talked to you before. Uh, so how do you, how do you kind of, sort of decide what you want to do with it? Um, so one of the things we've done is we're trying to identify people, um, one that we know that just have so much value to add to the world in general, but especially into the safety profession is Sabina was a no brainer. Um, she's one of the, one of my favorite people. Um, yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um, so we reached out to people that we already had connections with to try to start lining up speakers. Um, and one of the things that we thought would be interesting is, and we, we plan to get into this some too, is not only to get people that are experienced in safety, but to get people maybe in other professions to talk mm-hmm. about what they do, where we can actually tie that back to safety, like their approach or things like that, and how we can kind of bring those things together. Um, but yeah, we're trying to bring folks on that just have different perspectives. We want to talk about mental health. We want to talk about wellness. We want to talk about safety. Uh, we want to talk about ethics. Um, we kind of just want to cover a lot of different topics that maybe aren't always covered as much when you think about technical talks and safety. Um, we just thought it would be neat for people to be able to hear different perspectives and also um, to kind of round out their skill set from just the standard fall protection or, you know, PPE and things like that. What's been the uh, feedback so far? Uh, it seems pretty solid. I mean, people seem to like the uh, like the episodes, I think, you know, people have said they think we got good chemistry together, which I agree. Um, I think we keep it light. We have some fun. The one we have coming up is great because uh, um, Gabe is not what you would call a uh, a sports guy. And so we uh, we, we do some stuff about sports and, and he's uh, it's funny because he's kind of lost a little bit of the time. But um, then we want to talk about how we tie that passion um, of sports fandom into the safety profession. Um, so we're, yeah, I mean, the feedback's been pretty solid so far. Nice. Um, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit, but you know, how, how has safety changed since you first started working in EHS? Uh, you know, you mentioned sort of the mental health side of things and it certainly since the pandemic, that seems to be more of a focus, uh, you know, really companies really paying a little more attention to, you know, how their employees are doing mentally as well as physically you know what are you, are you seeing that as sort of a, as a big change over, over the last you know 15 20 years 
Oh man, you know, it, there, I've seen a lot of things change. I was, I was, I've been thinking about this recently. How much I've seen change uh, since I've been in this for twenty years. In the first sixteen years, I really just knew basic safety stuff. I mean, normal topics, nothing really outside of my wheelhouse. I mean, I did a lot of different things: like lab safety, construction contract, all those things. Um, but in the last four years, several things have changed for me. Four or five, and that has been wellness has really blown up and i got more invested in that i wasn't you know i didn't really even think about that as far as part of safety for a, a large part of my career um esg is really big and actually the first time i really learned about that was when i attended one of the eh um, s daily advisor conferences uh in louisville i thought and sabina nice. actually talked on that yep um but you know what's changed the biggest for me in this time is it wasn't probably until about four years ago that I realized how big the profession itself was. I didn't start even going to conferences in person until 2022. Well, there weren't any for a few years, right? So. <laughs> yeah. But be, for all those years before that, I didn't, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? I didn't even bother. I was like, well, why, why would I go to a conference? I, um, but now I understand the importance of it. I, I understand the value, but it's a huge profession. There's a lot of people out there. Um, and I'm not sure that everybody realizes that either. Uh, yeah, you know, when you think about it, there, you know, you've got safety people in every single industry, so it, you know, it's it's enormous, right? So, yeah. uh, and you know, I think some industries more than others value those safety people, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I've noticed, you know, I've been working on um, EHS stuff for like the last two and a half years, and definitely have noticed like it just so wide ranging um you know there's, there's no shortage of people and in, in, in industries to to talk about and everybody's got their own specific issues uh yeah. to deal with. you know it's not the same thing for everybody so um what do you uh you know do you have any sort of goals for you know you, you've you've cut through the first you know 20 years or so what do you, you know what are your goals for the next 20 years in terms of you know just sort of what you want to accomplish what you want to learn uh you know in ehs Man, and the HNS, I, I've really developed a passion for the topic of leadership in the last, I'd say, five, six years. Um, and I've really been digging into that a lot. I still care about the safety part. I, I kind of joke when I tell people I'm tired of telling people not to run with scissors. Um, mm -hmm. But I've really gotten into people management is probably my favorite part uh, of what I get to do now. I have um, eight folks on my team and it's it's probably the most rewarding thing for me is what helping to develop um, them. I, so, yeah, I mean, if I had like my mission statement, I've told people this, my mission statement is to leave legacy by developing the next generation of leaders for this profession. Um, so I really like doing that. I've been doing a lot of research uh, in the in the topic of leadership and also specifically I've done a lot of research on um, how the brain functions when with fear and anxiety and things like that. And I'm kind of trying to tear that, or I'm bringing that back into safety because a lot of people do approach safety with a, um, using fear tactics. Hey, if you do that, you're going to lose an arm, or if you do that, you're going right. to, this is going to happen or don't do that. Um, and so I kind of developed a talk, it's called use care tactics, not scare tactics, um, where I dig into like the, um, brain function, the amygdala hijack, fight or flight, um, and how that can impact, um, retention. So if you're trying to use that in your teaching or your instruction, it's not a great approach. Um, but also in just our day-to-day -day interactions, it applies in everything in life, but especially in safety, because if you're trying to get people to comply, you don't want to do it from from a standpoint of fear. 
you do it from you approach it from a standpoint of care it's a lot more effective and it's that whole sort of safety cop image that you mentioned earlier you know where i think the typical you know what, what people especially people who've been in the industry a long time think of the safety person as oh they're just going to tell me what i'm doing wrong they're going to bust me they're going to discipline me uh you know you're trying to get away from from that kind of uh, an attitude 100 percent People also are really reluctant to come to you about stuff or to report things. And, you know, when that when the safety person has that kind of approach, why would they want to go talk to them? Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do have a mission to try to change that also in this industry. And, yeah, I mean, you know, also the reporting side, you want to, you want them to even report near misses. It's not just incidents. It's, you know, things that could have happened. And if, you know, if there's that fear of reprisal, uh you know, they're not going to come forward so that defeats the purpose right there right yeah i mean that's why there's a lot of talk about why why do we keep having these zero incident signs hanging up all over the place and people get a pizza party as long as it stays at zero or a bone you know what i mean yeah. um it encourages people not to report it I'm like i don't want to mess up the pizza party for everybody else should i go tell them i'll just <laughs> suffer suffer through it you know yeah yeah and, you know and i guess changing that attitude from the top you know, it's huge because you can't, you know, it can't, it can't start with the, you know, the, the frontline employees. It's got to start from, you know, your directors and your leaders, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, I think that's another thing that a lot of safety folks could use training on is uh, negotiating and selling, right? Um, because it's a hard sell. Uh, people say, you know, well, safety doesn't make money. It saves money, but it's kind of hard to show the savings versus the right. spending right um and so i think that's one of the things that people need to get better at is showing leadership um where the value is in safety um but yeah I, it can be very tough to do i've had to do it i'm you know i remember back several jobs ago where i had to like basically write a proposal and justify why i needed to buy five extra first aid kits you know right um which I, I don't have that issue anymore I'm, I'm i'm it's a very unique situation where i'm at but um but yeah it, it can be really tough and people need to be able to leverage leadership to make change definitely well josh i want to thank you so much for coming on the show and good luck with uh illusion of safety you can find that wherever you get podcasts and i uh, hope to see you uh soon maybe at uh, nsc yeah i'd like that thing thanks jay it's really nice to be on i appreciate you having me good to see all you right. again all right that wraps up episode 177 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope to join me next time.